0: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for a free trial membership.
1: This is Writing Excuses, episode N. (laughs) E-publishing. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Howard.
2: And joining us, we have... Dave Wolverton. And Tracy Hickman. (laughs) from Life, the Universe, and Everything here at Brigham Brigham Young University um, recorded in front of a live studio audience everybody scream again I think that guy in the corner is dead. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we're going to talk about e-publishing. Um, is that what you said? Yes.
1: E-publishing. This is a question that we get all the time. And when we were talking to Dave and Tracy, they said that they also get it all the time. And so I'm just going to start asking Dave the big question everyone asks, is New York publishing dead? And is it time to just do something else?
3: Well, it's not dead. It's just dying. Um, you know, the, the truth the truth is, uh, I have been on the fence about this for quite some time, where I've said, you know, New York Publishing is broke, but it's the only game we've got, and, um, and it's, it's changing from day to day, and we're, we're coming from a time where, uh, you know, two years ago I'd have said, stick with New York Publishing, now I'm not so sure.
4: I was talking with Kevin Anderson the other day when we were at the, uh, at, uh, at the writing seminars and uh, one of the things that he said to me then was, gee, I long for the good old days when we could just write a book and be paid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we do. We long for the good old days when that was the case because let's face it, e-publishing is a lot of work. And it's and it's all our work that we have to do to make it happen. But at the same time, uh, New York publishing is dead in the water and, uh, you know, the band's playing. Um, but that's about the only happy thing that's going on right now.
2: Yeah, you know, For what it's worth, um, that same conversation takes place with a lot of uh, syndicated cartoonists who long for the days when they could just draw a comic strip and the syndicate would send them money and the comic would air in the newspaper. Uh, quick show of hands, how many of you regularly read a paper newspaper? All right, and how many of you don't? A show of hands. Okay, forest of hands just went up for those of you not benefiting from the video feed. Um, and and in the in the comic world, um, we that's a, we're seeing that as a serious challenge. Twenty years ago, everybody read the comics. Uh, as early as five years ago, everybody who read books read paper read yeah, paper books. And so what we're seeing is a disruption of the marketplace.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that has been coming for a while. But but the advent of the Kindle and the rise of the Kindle, we heard these the other day from Amazon that they are now selling more books on Kindles than they are paperbacks yes. through Amazon.com and that being the case has got to tell you that the market has definitely moved mm-hmm. uh, and publishing general publishing doesn't know really how to handle that the, the biggest problem I think that's facing us in all of this however is not a question of how we are published because we can we, we now have all kinds of different avenues by which we can be published um, we can, And obviously anybody that's got a word processor at this point can be published on Amazon.com and it can go up on Kindles uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. And the, the real question I think that is going to be facing us is, is going to be a question of noise because we have so many people who are out there who are writing but nobody's being read It's not a question of whether you're published or not. And we tell this in our writing seminars all the time to the people who are there. And that is, it's not about being published. It's about whether you're being read. It's whether your words are being interpreted by somebody into meaning. Mm -hmm. And that's the real trick. If everyone is talking, nobody's listening. If everyone is writing, who is reading? And we get to the point where a a traditional function of publishers has always been to uh, filter Mm -hmm. uh, the dross, quite frankly. If you had a book that was in publication, there was some assurance in that fact in New York publishing that what was in the book had merit, not necessarily the ideas, but that it was written in English and that somebody somewhere with some authority had said that this book is good enough to see print.
2: Yeah, it's the principle of the gatekeeper, and we yeah. saw this. We see the yeah. same thing. We see the same thing in cartooning, and in fact, if you look around today at uh, at web comics, uh, there's. Ten thousand web comics out there, and maybe two hundred of them that are really worth reading, um, and maybe another fifty or sixty of them that are actually supporting their creators in a in a full-time career. Um, what's interesting is that if you take those numbers, uh, you know, ten thousand web comics and maybe fifty people fifty people making a living, um, and compare that to the uh, the syndication submission numbers, used to be that the syndicates would process about ten thousand submissions a year, and uh, syndicate maybe six per year, and those six people would be drawing comics for several years before they were making a full-time living at it. And so there was a much smaller stable of full-time professionals than there was people who want to be cartoonists but can't be. And so what we see with the the so-called leveling of the playing field, the removal of the gatekeeper, is that. The numbers as to who has the money, who has the, the who 's getting red and who isn 't haven 't changed all that much it 's just the opportunity curve has shifted a little yeah, absolutely. The problem
4: though becomes of course I, I go online and I, I type in internet
2: comic. <laughs> Don't do that.
5: What, <laughs> <laughs> what am
4: I going to get?
2: Mercenary. Well, you're not going to get Schlock Mercenary if you Google internet comic. Yeah. If you want to read Schlock Mercenary, you're going to talk to a friend who loves science fiction and is reading Schlock already, and, and they're going to say, oh, you should totally be reading Schlock. And uh, I, I know, you know, out of context, that in that this discussion that yeah. sounds a little odd, but um, But uh, that's how a lot of these e-books that we're seeing, uh, especially the self-published e-books, that's how a lot of them are selling. Oh, you should totally be reading this. I just read this and it was awesome. Well, how come I've never heard of this author? Well, you just heard of her now. Uh, Here, go read her book.
4: See, and that's what it comes back down to. It comes back down to personal contact. Yeah. It comes down to meeting people, talking to people, and and telling them what, what you do. And ultimately, when we're talking about reading, or when we're talking about comics for that matter, we're really talking about an intimate experience. I mean, we don't get together with a group of people and read a book, generally. It's something that we do ourselves, and it's an intimate experience. And the the experience of the book becomes an intimate experience between the writer and the reader. It's a one-on-one thing. So how appropriate is it, then, that the actual, the actual sale of the book, the connection, is made one-to-one? It's not made through some anonymous advertising. It's not made through, 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 through some viral thing, which everybody likes to talk about, something going viral. Yeah. The real sale is made between me and you. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I come and you see me and I see you and you hear about the book that I'm writing and you want to read it, or your friend tells you that he, you've read a book by me and that, that you and that you want to read it. Is that, that intimate experience?
3: And we're we're running into a situation I think where uh, the big worry among new writers is that okay, I want to start publishing my eBooks, but everybody else in the world is going to be publishing theirs too, and and now we're getting ready for this you know this big storm of crud that's going to go through. Who are who is going to be the gatekeeper? And the gatekeeper is going to be word of mouth. I mean that's what that's the only gatekeeper that matters. The problem that we have as authors very often is that um, uh, sometimes the gatekeepers lie, you know. We, we have situations where if you go onto Amazon.com and you start looking at the reviews, you'll find people who are secretly other authors or, uh, or are working for other authors who go through and demean your work and say, you should be reading so-and-so instead. And, and this kind of stuff goes on. You've um, been reading my reviews of Dan's books, haven't you? <laughs> Um, so, so you know, we're, we're in an interesting situation because the playing field is sort of being leveled, but at the same time, they're they're throwing uh, a lot of crud on the playing field. They're they're fertilizing it at the same time, um, and and we're going to see an interesting situation. Well, there was that after situation the other
4: day on on Wikipedia when Justin Bieber uh-huh. didn't get the award at at, at uh, uh, the, the Grammys. Grammys. Yeah, and then he didn't get the award at the Grammys, and then all of the Bieber fans. Went onto the Wikipedia and trashed the entry for the
2: woman who won. Uh huh. You yeah. know, and, and that is so classy. I love the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the classiest people hang out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we're going to take a we're going to take just a moment and a break for an for an ad for our uh, Audible Book of the Week. And since we haven't actually picked one, you, our live studio audience, don't need to listen to it, but everybody online does.
5: Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and of course, Korean.
2: Insectoid dronons have slain the queen, throwing into chaos the 10,000 worlds over which she reigned. Desperate to save mankind, Lord Variasa, the queen's near immortal consort, has created a new queen. But this girl's now on the run instead of being able to rule, and she's only one planet ahead of the advancing forces of the invaders. Hotly pursued, she falls in with a cocky bodyguard, an intelligent black bear, and a beautiful orphan, and with these new allies, the young queen begins the great struggle against the aliens, leaping from world to world. They face terrible dangers and great wonders as they seek the heart of the dronon worlds, carrying the battle straight to the enemy. If you want to have a listen to this, you can go to audiblepodcast.com excuse, start a 14-day free trial membership, and download The Golden Queen, book one by David Farland. And we're back
4: All right. that was a fascinating episode I know I definitely want to
1: read that book
2: <laughs> alright Let, uh, let's, let's uh, you ask a question I, I
1: want to we're, ask we're a right question ahead, here but, okay? so, so we, we always try to give specific advice yes. so here we go if someone wants to get into e-publishing and someone decides they want to put up a book on Amazon or whatever what should they do to make sure people actually read it And well, that's our
5: episode.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> what, can, what, what can we do
4: to be successful in the realm of e-publishing? I would, the first thing that I would say is to forget about the idea of mass audience. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the idea of mass audience and deal with individuals. You need to contact people individually. And that's why things like, like virtual tours, virtual blog tours, are so important. You need to get in touch with the readership. You need to find the audience. And you find that through the gateway of people's blogs and, and, and personal connection with them. I think, I think that the old time of the old school book, uh, book tour where you go and fly to some bookstore in, in San Francisco and sit there with 10 people and is, is done. I think people don't do that anymore. And, and bookstores and brick and mortar stores are having trouble as it is. What is the case though is that you have to concentrate on reaching your audience one-on-one, and that means going on virtual book tours. That means having a website that is open to people communicating with you and engaging your audience in a conversation. If you engage your audience, not, not in a sales conversation, but in an intimate personal conversation, then they will read your words, and your words will come to life. Your words do not live or breathe until someone reads them and puts life to them and so you need to have the intimate personal connection with them so it's not about mass audience if there's one piece of advice i would give to anybody it's about you making a connection with an individual every individual who's going to read your book at some level online
3: I think that there's there's a number of things that you can do. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is there's an awful lot of really terrible covers uh, coming out. Um, because people are, you know, my 12-year-old son made this cover uh, kind of thing. And and so, you know, be professional. Uh, put up a cover that, you know, you have to understand that when people see that, it's gonna be a postage-size cover. It can't be very complex. It's gotta be an iconic thing that uh, that attracts your attention and and gets the people looking at it and saying, oh, what is this about, you know? I mean, there's, there's the traditional hooks that we have to put into the title and into the cover design. Um, so that you can get people to at least punch the button and say oh, what's this book about? And 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 that's one of the important things that I would look at
4: one one other step from that also is in general As we were talking about yesterday present a professional image mm-hmm. in terms okay. of your website and, 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 and You personally you need to pre- present a professional image the more pre- pre- professional you present yourself the more seriously you'll be taken and better readership.
2: When it comes down to brass tacks uh, and, you know, specific advice for for writers who want to do this, um, talk to professional writers about the writing and publication schedule for books that they've worked on recently. Okay? Um, Because there is the schedule during which they wrote the book and then there is the revision and then there is the design and then there is the marketing plan. Those are not things that the publisher decided to do because the publisher There's a bunch of dumb fat cats who want to take money away from hungry authors. Those are proven necessities for selling a book into the marketplace. Find out what those things are, and then find out how to do those things correctly. Notice I said correctly and not on the cheap. If you can do them correctly and on the cheap, fantastic, but the odds are good that in order to get a cover that does the things that Dave describes, you're going to have to find somebody who understands gravity graphic design, which probably means a college education in graphic design, and four to five years working for an ad agency somewhere. And they might be your mom's best friend, but they're probably also going to expect to be compensated.
3: Yeah, and and if you're going to act like a professional, act like a professional, and pay the professionals the professional rate for what they're doing. I, I know that Every single artist that I know who works doing book covers has every publisher in the country, it seems, trying to pay them as little as humanly possible. Um, I have always made sure that if I'm going to pay somebody, I'm going to pay them to do the job and do it well. And uh, and you know, my artists have always been surprised, at like, wow, you gave me that much money, you know, uh, rather than uh, whoa, you didn't. Uh, you know, the nor- the normal, the norm for the industry is. Uh, pay them as little as possible and then wait as long as possible, uh, you know, until they're threatening lawsuit before you actually pay them anything at all. And don't do that, you know. Yeah, have some respect for people.
2: I I pay uh, Travis Walton to color Schlock Mercenary, and I'm pretty sure I, the page rate I'm paying him is probably about on the lines of the, uh, you know, the big publishers like Marvel and DC, but I'm also offering him a full 5% royalty on the books. Now understand, if 5% royalty on books is better than some first-time authors make on the book that they've created. And I'm offering him that just for coloring it. Why? Because I know that if I treat him like a professional, if I treat him like I value his work, if I treat him like I want him to have skin in the game, um, he will keep doing good work for me, and we will be a team that will go out and conquer the world. uh, Which has been my goal since
1: 1998. (laughs) (laughs) And this this principle applies to everything, not just graphic design. We didn't even talk Um, about editing.
3: Yeah, I was if
1: I were to go and put something up, do an ebook, I would absolutely hire one of the many growing number of uh, freelance editors to look at it first, because I am not an editor, I'm a writer, and I still don't know how to spell there correctly
2: <laughs> in any of its forms. <laughs> I just start with T-E-H and the <laughs> iPhone autocorrects it. <laughs>
1: Right. well, uh, I think our time is up, so we are going to have a writing prompt from Tracy. Indeed? Yes. I wonder what that is.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's where uh, the listeners are now going to go out and write something that you are about to tell them to write.
4: Ah, I think that you should write something. <laughs>
2: Has been writing excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite writing prompt we've ever done.
2: Tracy, I'm so sorry to have done that at your expense, but uh, that, hey, joke, was, had to take that joke was. That joke.